Welcome to Running is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart. And you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. And Amy, I hope you haven't done shit again this week because I've got a lot to get off my chest. No, of course not. I never do anything, you know. (laughs) Terrific. That's very useful for me. Well, I've just done my first big road race in years and years. And there'll be more on that later. But I have a couple of things. Well, one thing in particular to bang on about first that goes with these big events. And it's definitely, it's kind of these big events. It's a big half marathon And it attracts a big range of runners from all the experienced people to the casual people to the noobs. And I think this is possibly more of a noob thing. And the thing I want to complain about is carb loading. People fucking love to go on about carb loading, don't they? Yeah. Like Other than eating some pasta the night before a half marathon, who actually knows what carb loading actually means? Like scientifically. Yeah. 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 I mean, (laughs) properly. Like how much you need, when and what difference it makes. Anyone? Anyone there? There's a couple of people listening who probably know a little bit, but all those bastards on Facebook posting about their dinner like they're suddenly a fucking pro-nutritionist who have eaten like shit for the week before that. It's just, oh, having my carbs, got a carb load before my half marathon. The worst thing is when races do a pasta party and they're normally called pasta parties the day Uh. before. And I can't imagine anything more horrendous I don't know. I, I just have bad vibes about it. I think like I went during um, my studies, I went for like two weeks in Milan and every day was a fucking pasta party. Let me tell you. And they just have <laughs> trays of pasta. I couldn't look at pasta again. It's like such a stereotype about the Italians, but it's true. All they eat is fucking pasta. Every time, every lunchtime, there was trays and trays of pasta. So now when I hear the word pasta party, I think, no, I do not want to engage in that. That's too much pasta. I, I just don't understand the point. I do see a lot of it on like the European halves that I've done. They've always got that kind of thing. Absolutely, I'll never go. And like, also, if your pasta is like covered in cheese and a shitload of oil and butter, you're basically offsetting your gains because yep. it's not how it's supposed to work. Like, I'm not an expert in this, but I've looked at what carb loading is on Runner's World. So I'm basically an expert. Um, and that says things like carb loading takes two or three days. It's not just one meal. You don't need it for 10K and below. It doesn't make any difference. And this is the big one. This is the kind of slightly blows your mind when you think about it properly. 85 to 95% of all of your calories should come from carbs. In general now, or for carb loading? Yeah, for those two or three days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably do that every day. So <laughs> like, Yeah, when you think usually like protein is something like supposed to be about a third or 40% and fats take up like 15, 20%, up to 95% of your calories comes from carbs. That is massive. That is more than one bowl of pasta. But I feel like unless you're performing at an elite level or just like just sub elite, I can't imagine it matters that much. <laughs> Probably not. Like make sure you eat well, like make sure you eat well leading up to the race so you don't yeah. have a shit time and lose all your energy. But getting it up to that 95%, I, I That's don't... really hard. Yeah, I don't imagine it matters too much for the average runner. Yeah, um, the way you're supposed to do it, you can work it out. Um, you need to have apparently four grams of carbs for every pound of body weight. So for me, that would be 728 grams of carbs a day. So if you look, which I did, obviously, look at how much carbohydrate is in cooked pasta, that is two kilograms of pasta in a day. Jesus. That is how much. If I'm going to, oh, I'm going to do my carb loading. It's not a little fucking bowl. That's two kilos. You know why? Because pasta is shit for carb loading. What's good for carb loading then? Well, the, the meal plan that they had on there from a nutritionist, it doesn't mention pasta. Nowhere in it does it mention pasta because, as I said, it's a shit source of carbs. Um, it's, it's instead, things like oats and fruit and vegetables and bread, chickpeas, chocolate, rice, just food with carbs and sugars in, not like your traditional... I think people just think of rice, pasta, bread. That's where you get carbohydrate from, and they're bad things to eat. Yeah, because carbohydrates are basically sugars. So you yeah. can imagine... It's going to be a lot, a lot of fruit and chocolate and stuff like that. Definitely. Yeah. So eating some pasta the night before a race, it's not carb loading, it's dinner. All right? Yeah. Yeah. And I heard a really interesting thing. This is like a serious thing that I heard. Um, leading up to the, the ultra, the Vogum that I did uh, a few years ago, whenever it was last year, whatever. Anyway, some people who went to the race also went like to a talk by Hammer Nutrition who were sponsoring the race. And now this I've heard secondhand, so don't quote me on this. But apparently the Hammer Nutrition people were saying that 
they're basically the same thing but you should your nutrition should start in the week leading up to the race like not just the night before all of that and they actually said you know you don't have to have breakfast before an ultra you can just start you know you should already be sufficiently carbed up or whatever have your energy levels Mm. to start and then obviously you're you're taking in nutrition along the way but if you struggle to eat breakfast before don't worry about it because you should have taken on all the nutrition you need leading up to the week before You, you know what i mean so yeah it's it's like you know it's the same stuff with the hydration you know you should you should yeah, be hydrating exactly. the days before not the morning uh, of. well you should always be hydrated really yeah i mean yeah when people are panic drinking like the morning of a big race it's not going to help you it's really dangerous as well you can yeah. you can over drink and you can have like serious like medical consequences from that oh so, yeah yeah so i think the, the the carb loading i think particularly the posts about it it's just become one of those things like the flat lay you just have to do before a big race and perhaps it's part of the reason why i just don't do road races anymore and i go to trails because you don't get this kind of shit there generally no. no 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 you're just like what have you eaten over the last few days oh you know like a mcdonald's a yeah. tub of ice cream it'll be fine don't worry about it yeah a handful of mud off the floor whatever yeah yeah no they worries don't care. Do you know, sometimes we get to the end of these episodes and we think to ourselves, oh shit, what's the title going to be? This one is an easy one. Carb loading is bullshit. <laughs> Absolutely. So I've also had a thing that's been annoying me this week. Good. As I don't really run that much. At the- well, I have, I have been running a fair bit, to be fair. But it's not running related, of course. But it no. is like cross-training related. Um, and it's people who hog equipment at the gym. And anyone that goes to like a sort of a chain gym will understand that, it's particularly if you're into using like your free weights and stuff. Because um, there tends to be, if you're on, you know, one of these big commercial chain gyms, there doesn't tend to be many free weights. It tends to be a lot of like machines and treadmills and stuff like that. Um, so there's a guy at my gym who will now and forever be known as Bench Press Guy. And basically, his workout routine, every day, because I go in like multiple times a week, and he's always doing the same routine. So his, wor- his workout routine is spend 45 minutes on the stationary bike, you know, warming up. And then probably about three hours sat on the bench, at the bench press, on his phone. Just, just sat on it? Just sat. I've never seen the man do one rep. <laughs> one, I have never seen it. You couldn't even tell me how much he benches. I've never seen him do a rep, ever. And, you know, I I usually spend about between an hour and an hour and a half in the gym. Sometimes I get there, he's already sat. He's already sat there. Not one rep. Not one rep. I think he's just got a thing of like, well, he's gone to the gym. That's all you need to do. People say you need to go to the gym. Well, I'm at the gym. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that that you see. They they just sit on the equipment and just sort of look look around. And I can imagine they're just escaping whatever they've got at home and just like, you know what? I'm going to the gym. And then they just sit for some peace and quiet. But bench press guy, he's just infuriating because I, you know... You expect maybe to wait for equipment, especially when there's only one. There's only one proper like bench press there. But I don't want to wait 45 minutes and he's not even done a bloody single rep at all. You know, that's a lot of rest time. It's a lot of rest time. You I must know, be. You, you must. Perhaps you're missing his reps, and they are massive. Well, you know, like powerlifters will do like one lift, and then you know they're maxed out, and they take a rest for like ten minutes, and then they do like two lifts or whatever. He's maybe like that, but the guy's not that big, and he's he's just sat there. He's just sat there. So that that's my annoyance. People who hog gym equipment and are seemingly doing nothing. Perhaps he's got awful children. Yeah, that, that's what I imagine is going on at home. Just, just just something not nice at home. I kind of want to go over to him and go, are you okay? Are you yeah. okay? Do you want someone to speak to? But you absolutely will not do that. No, I'll just be angry about it. <laughs> anyway, moving on to catch up from last episode. Max Carnage at Dr. G says, I'd forgotten it was Bullshit Monday, but seeing this tweet just made me smile. It's always a nice start to the week and I'm looking forward to the Patreon name song already. Also, is the MC Hammer pastiche available anywhere for easy listening access? Keep up the bullshit work. Well, thank you very much. Uh, It might go on YouTube at some point. I have added uh, the few recent episodes onto YouTube because apparently that's a thing that people do. So they're there if you want to listen to them on YouTube for some reason. Um, I might upload some of the songs and videos. We might get like massive copyright infringement flags though. So Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we shouldn't because surely that's fair use. We're... uh... 
we're changing them substantially. <laughs> yeah, but YouTube generally doesn't give a shit about that kind of thing. No, no, it doesn't give. If you a... get flagged, fuck you. That's it. It doesn't give a, a shit about creative freedom. Uh, Max Carnage also said, interestingly enough, I also encountered a loudspeaker giving me warnings on one such run. So this is about uh, last episode when I was talking about the loudspeaker telling me to to leave a place I wasn't in. This was around some car dealership slash large garage space in the south of Glasgow. I was also told the police had been called. I assumed it was someone in a CCTV control room, though. You mean like somebody had broken into it or somebody was speaking? <laughs> I'd love to just hang around to see, if, like, the police have been called. Yeah, okay, cool. Off you go then. Yeah. I'd love to just hang around to see if they turn up. And if they did, you're like, yeah, what are you going to do? I can imagine it's very low on their list of priorities because I know that police <laughs> do have priorities in terms of certain calls they get through. I can imagine, like, a car dealership, a, you know, a boatyard, that they're going to be pretty low. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am Man on Twitter said, charge my earphones and caught up with the rest of the latest Running Is BS episode. I'm not sure what was more fun, shit in the woods talk or Amy being unable to speak <laughs> properly. That's a lie. Of course, it was Amy not being able to speak. More of that, please. See, I don't know what makes it through the edit. So when I'm struggling going, fuck's sake, shit, 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 like that. I, I don't I don't know like how much of that you guys get to hear because I don't I don't listen back to myself for that very reason. <laughs> yeah, quite often if if you do the same thing wrong four times in a row, that will go on the end of the episode. Great, lovely. Also, are you gonna gonna turn your phone off at any point? You're gonna what just keep that? that. You know what? That's not it's my your phone. fucking phone. It's, it's not, not mine. It's not my phone because I haven't got. Hold on. It's a phone on. on your end. It's Freya's phone, I think, because Freya mm. actually keep, Freya keeps her phone on loud. You know how everyone else has their phone what? on silent. No one's had their phone on loud since 2005. Freya has her phone on yeah, loud. Yeah, if, you, if your ringtone goes, you're supposed to go, oh, is that me? Yeah, and, and she gets angry at me because, understandably, I don't hear my phone <laughs> when it goes yeah. off. So I don't, you're not to. Yeah, I don't want to hear my phone. I don't want to talk to people. But she actually keeps her phone on loud. So, yeah, that's what it'll be. I was wondering what that was. Hold on. think that was it i think okay. i don't know there doesn't seem to be any notifications but i'm assuming she um her, bought her new polyphonic ringtone yes <laughs> oh, i used to see them were like five pounds each in the back of a magazine avril ravine song or something yeah yeah and the, the screensavers that were just like pixel really really like i don't know like four bit or something yeah <laughs> money well spent we also had a message from Amanda Murray Hind who says, quote unquote, smear it on a trig. Ha ha ha. The gold star moment of the episode. That and Amy's ending. I, I remember the smear it on a trig. Lots of people seem to like that. I don't remember what my ending was unless this is like what you're talking about and edited. Yeah, that's just you fucking up that I put at the end. Okay, you're welcome. Great, great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, people did enjoy that. Uh, Nicola Forward also sent us a, a long message here. She said, I actually had to stop running at the mention of smearing it on a trig point. Too funny. With regards to the sports bra chat, mine once came undone a mile and a half into a 20-mile race. I whipped my top up and said to a random man, I'm sorry, you're going to have to do up my sports bra or I'm not going to be able to finish this race. He did up my bra and we're still friends now over 10 years on. So it's not always bad when that happens. Although another time, I only had two miles left to go, but the bouncing was too much to cope with, so I tried the impossible task of doing it up without taking it off and starting again, which even a contortionist couldn't do. I was aided by looking into a van window so I could see what I was doing. Only the van's owner then came to get in the van. It was very awkward as I explained I wasn't trying to rob the van, but I was experiencing a sports bra malfunction and using the van window as a mirror. As I then explained, I asked if he'd mind doing it up. He smiled the biggest smile I'd ever seen anyone smile and said, nobody is going to believe this. I think he might have been single. Ha ha. I ran off feeling like I needed an extra shower. Silly sports bras. Oh, goodness. Nicola, this is making my skin crawl reading this. <laughs> Two random men doing up your bra. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I spoke to her about this the, the other day. and I said I, it wasn't like a front class one because that's a much more awkward. Yeah, which a lot of sports like running bras are like a zip up the front. Like, Jesus. I mean, presumably you'd be able to do that up in that case. But yeah, I mean, that, that's a quite a, an unsubtle come on otherwise, isn't it? Yeah. Jesus. Oh, no, it has come undone. I don't like those stories, Nicola. They're, they're the stuff of nightmares, the van one especially. That's going to be a new anxiety dream for me. I think that anxiety with someone asking you to do that as well, because you're like, shit, am I being set up? I also like, am I going to be able to do it and not look like a dick? Yeah, yeah. 
I'd be like just checking around. I'm like, right, I'm just going to stand as far away as possible while I do this and look the other way. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Yeah, horrific. Thanks, Nicola. Uh, let's have a quick tea update to get over that. Ooh. We are partnered with Burden Blend Tea and, big news everyone, their Easter range is here. We have mentioned cream egg and hot crust bun tea and now it's available. They were even good enough to send us a lovely box of teas, including those two, a spring chick cream egg flavoured tea bomb, haven't got into that yet, looking forward to it, and then they chucked in a handful of individual bags of different flavours, which I will be trying soon. They even have some tea infused Easter eggs on the website, and I've had some of that matcha white chocolate, and it's really good. I'm drinking some cream egg tea right now. The cream egg tea is amazing. I was drinking the baby egg, I think it was called last week, mm-hmm. which I couldn't work out. And then I realized it was because it's caffeine free. So the caffeine free teas are great. Like if you're not into caffeine or you're going to bed, I'm drinking. Well, I'm we're talking about Easter. I'm going back to Christmas again because the Christmas teas are always my favorite because I like stuff that's sort of a bit spicy and mm-hmm. smoky oh, yeah. and like wintry. Um, so I've got fairy tale of NY, a fairy tale of New York. Just avoiding the copyright. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good for them. Smart. It says underneath, it says fairy tale of NY and the bells are ringing out for tea. <laughs> that's, a, that's a less good pun, but yeah. okay, fair enough. But it's, it's nice. It's, it's got it's, uh, rhubos, um cocoa shells, but coffee beans as well. So there's coffee in there, which Ooh. is really nice. And roasted dandelion root. It's meant to taste like a, um, a creamy Irish coffee. I don't think personally it's too creamy. You might want to put some milk in it to make it a bit creamier because you can have it with milk. Um, but the other tastes, like the cocoa shells and the, the coffee beans, are really, really nice. Mm, and that very distinctive flavour of dandelion. Yes, yeah, exactly. Love a bit of dandelion. Um, head to our website, runningisbs.com forward slash tea, and click on our links and buy some tea. Amy, have you done any running to get any bullshit this week? I have done some running, not as much as I should be. I'm just feeling at the moment just really uninspired about where I live. I live like in just like a concrete jungle, not New York. Um, but I, I just, I'm not near any nice trails. It takes me like a good few miles to get anywhere that's remotely interesting. And I just, it's just not inspiring me to go out and run. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's depressing. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to get, I have got like races coming up later in the year. So I am just trying to get myself out there and do a bit more. But yeah, it just sucks. I, I'd love to live somewhere where I can just go straight out onto some beautiful trails, but that's not the case. Instead, I'm straight out onto a retail park. So uh, well, if everyone could buy some tea and then Amy can buy a car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought you could say a house then. Amy can buy no. a new house somewhere else. <laughs> well, yeah, well, maybe we can save up. If we yeah. sell enough, you never yeah. know. Yeah, exactly. We just need a few more like million people to to, to buy tea. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, but you've been up to loads this week, so I don't so really talk about myself too much. Good. Yeah, it suits me. So yes, I've just done my first double Canny Cross weekend, and that's the Canix Mayhill event. Like all these Canix events, they run over a weekend. There's a 5K, usually about around 5K, Saturday and Sunday. This is the first time I've managed to do both. Fucking hell, I'll tell you what, racing 5k two days in a row, it's really hard work, who would have thought? Uh, it was a really tough course in Gloucestershire, but, oh my god, it was pretty much the perfect course for Canicross. For me, anyway, it was like twisty, narrow trails through the woods, a couple of open fields, a ditch jump, log jumps, downhill finish, and just like really great, narrow, lumpy, twisty trails that I just absolutely love running fast down. Um, and you, you remember that we got asked uh, last episode or before, would you rather run up a 10% hill for a kilometre? Yeah, that was literally the start of the race. One kilometre, 10% hill. Nice. <laughs> that, it was absolutely horrendous. I mean, it's the beginning, so your legs are fresh, but it's so early on in the race, you can't catch your breath. It's that kind of few minutes of the opening of your run where you just haven't settled down. And so, yeah, I've got some video of it, and it's it's disgusting. It's just me breathing heavily and sniffing. But I got some really great footage of William, and that's the main thing. And I had to do that Saturday and Sunday. Um, I actually managed to get a little quicker over the two days, which I could not believe, because I felt like absolute shit after the first day because it's as I said it was such a tough course and actually running downhill it's quite a long downhill towards the end and that hurt because you're running downhill and being pulled by a dog um I ended up finishing second in my category behind only the fastest 5k runner in history Ben Robinson who has run 5k with his dog 
in 12 minutes and 9 seconds. That's insane. That is properly stupidly mental. <laughs> and he did this course incredibly quick again for, you know, for the the difficulty of it. He was a good 4 minutes clear of anyone else. What sort of dog does he have? Uh, he has a very specific breed. I, I believe I just saw something about it, actually. It's a pointer, mostly pointer, crossed with greyhound with a bit of husky in there as well. That's like the perfect running dog. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, people do specifically breed dogs for canicross. And I think it's usually pointer and greyhound is like the top elite level. Mm. But apparently he's got some with like a little bit of husky in there as well to give a bit more stamina, I guess. Yeah. And they're enormous. These dogs are absolutely huge, but really skinny and leggy as well, but so powerful. Um, so, yeah, second behind only him. I don't think it's necessary to mention uh, how many there were in the category because I don't think that's important. No, no. And how far behind him I was. Again, not important. Second, it's all about these races are about position and I race smart, finish second out of two. <laughs> um, after that, my calves, oh my God, my calves are in absolute bits. After the first day, especially coming down that long hill and the impact you go into coming down a hill fast. Um, I was still recovering actually from the Cardiff half, which I'll talk about after this. And I think I actually might have got a little bit of an injury from that. And then I ran really fast on it, which didn't help. And then the second day, again, coming down that final hill, the impact you're getting on on each leg on that. And my calves have just been so bad today. Um, let's just say today I'm wearing compression socks. I don't know if it's helping, but it's just making my legs itchy. I'm not sure if it's a good thing. I'm not sure that's supposed to happen. No, it's probably the hair on your legs and the material of That's the, probably that. So sock. I'm not sure. It might help, like, psychologically. I'm not sure. if I can't remember if compression socks help or not this week. It's one of those uh, oh, bits yeah. of research that always flips around. Yeah, it's like whether you wear them during the run or after the run or... <laughs> I've no idea. I just thought perhaps it might help psychologically, but it's just making me itchy. And I've booked in a sports massage for tomorrow, which I desperately need. Nice. So did you run the same course each day or did they yes. slightly alter it? Yeah, so what so is the point of that? I think it just spreads it out. I think because they don't want dogs to run too far, too close together. I see. Um, so they spread it out one each day. So it makes for more events. I think they have about 10 events overall over a season. You need to run eight to get a final position on the leaderboard at the end of the season. And so there's like 20 opportunities to do that. I see. So you could just run one of the days if you wanted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was joined by Cassie, our friend, and her um, her Dalmatian, Oscar, and she just joined us for the second day. That was fantastic. Mm. So I'm still waiting for the overall results for the championship season. I only did three races, but I think I actually might have finished about fifth, which is oh, cool. pretty impressive. It also shows there's a lot of people who didn't do that many races. Mm. But I, th- I think all three I did, I finished second or third. So I got quite yeah. a lot of points relatively, so... Uh, you know, I actually might finish. I might be technically the fifth best canicross runner in the UK. So sort of. next season, are you thinking you're going to do like the full, what do you say was, eight? I'm not sure we've got time because they, they're adding more in. There's going to be some in Yorkshire and some near Liverpool and mm. Box End and out towards Carmarthenshire. So they, they are really, really spread out. And I think oh, it'd be very, very expensive. I think it very much suits uh, the Canics organisers and their camper van lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, yeah I think yeah, that's a big part of it. <laughs> So I hope, Amy, I'm going to see you at a few of these events next year as well. With all your um, tea money, buy you a car, you can come do some um, canicross as well. I mean, this is the thing, though. Like, I need to do some sort of smaller, less important events, like maybe some local meetups first, because I've never taken Pip into a canicross race. I'm not Mm -hmm. really sure how she's going to react. She's a bit of an anxious dog. Um, She's fine around people, but I remember when I went past that park run starting that I didn't run. I was on a different route and she was kind of freaked out by the crowds. Mm. So, I mean, ideally it would have been nice to take her to a park run first where there's not so much pressure and stuff. But I don't think that's going to be an option now, unfortunately. Um, These weekends, they do have short ones as well, Mm. like a 2K race. So you can be there with the children and see if you can beat a few of those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably not. I mean... (laughs) But yeah, I think that's the thing. I need to do like uh, maybe like a group run with the Cardiff Canicross mm-hmm, people, yeah. like a casual one. I'd love to do Canicross with her. The thing is about Pippin as well, me and Pippin, eventually I think we'd want to do the longer because I've seen some Canicross races that are 10 miles and 22 miles because she doesn't pull me. She just trots by my side and that's fine with me. We're both mm-hmm. just like trotting along, enjoying it. She's not into pulling me. That So I think like these short, fast ones, we're never going to do very well at, but the longer stuff, definitely want to have a go at hopefully i'll drag you along to a few of those next season and because i'm doing things in this episode in the wrong order i'm now going to talk about the cardiff half which happened the week before so 
This is the kind of thing I want to talk about because it's a road race and I haven't done that for a while. So I haven't run a half marathon in a race since my PB in 2018. That is four years ago. And that PB was 138.50, which I worked very hard for and I was very pleased with. So much so, basically, I'm just happy to put that on a shelf and leave it. Because I'm like, oh, that was really good. That was a good run. It was hard. Don't want to do it again, thanks. Um, I did enter the Cardiff half for 2020, which got put back to 2021, then 2022, and then 903 days after the last one, I actually ran it. It's actually my sixth Cardiff half, and I was kind of looking forward to it, even though I decided aiming for 145 with no specific training would be a good idea. And I even talked it up and asked who else wanted to run that pace in my club. So that's eight minute mile pace which again I looked up and I have not run even a 10k at that pace in four years. So I thought it'd be a good idea to run 21k at that pace. Yeah, it'd be fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Day was good fun. Uh, there was one train to get to Cardiff uh, before the start and that was 10 minutes late. And that was late because people, so many people were getting on the train. When the doors opened, it was like a Japanese subway. It mm. was disgusting. It opened and I just panicked. I thought I am not going to be able to get on that. And I was starting to try and make contingencies. Luckily, the driver, there's a little corridor behind the driver's kind of cab, um, which like 10 of us squeezed in God. a little bit of extra space. But otherwise, I don't quite know how I would have got down there. So I got down there late. I ran straight over to where our team photo was being done. I dropped my bag, ran over to where the team photo was being done, which I organized very specifically. Um, it was for 9.35. I got there at 9.31. Everyone's walking away, having already taken the fucking photo. Oh dicks so thanks everyone for missing me out of that it's a really good team photo of loads of people there and i bloody missed it even though i was early anyway i met up with the uh, people i was going to run with and mainly that was uh Brockan. met up with him and he wanted to go to the toilet but he wanted to go to the toilet in the university where he works because he's got a key to get in so he doesn't have to use the portaloos ah fair enough good idea and apart from he walks about half a mile away from the start line and just keeps walking and he keeps going because like there's loads of terrace houses in the middle of cardiff and they're all owned by the university and he just kept going further and further and further away i'm like what are you doing how far are we going why why are you worried about the time it, i think eventually when he went in it was quarter to 10 for a 10 o'clock start Oh my god! And we're like more than half a mile away from the start line. I'm like, okay, we're gonna when you get out, like we're running now. We are running down there now. We have no choice about this. <laughs> so that did not help. However, it turns out didn't matter because we got to the start line. We were there, you know, five minutes early or so, and we're ready to start. And we're just standing there. Uh, the elite went off, um, and then there's a little, usually a little delay, and then the, the next two waves go. And we were standing there and standing there and it got eventually there was a 20 minute delay to the start. I think they said because of comms reasons, basically, they couldn't make contact with some of the radios out on the course. So for safety reasons, they had to delay until that was fixed. God. And because of where the start line was located, the entire street we're on was in shadow and it started to get quite cold, even though it was a clear sunny day. But in the, sh in the shade, it was pretty chilly. And so everyone's kind of slipping out of the side of the pen just to stand in a little kind of slither of light by the castle. And people running back and forward to the toilet just for this last minute kind of fifth wee before the, before the race. Eventually heard an announcement to get back in, so everyone had to squeeze back into the pen. And then eventually uh, managed to set off. I did do a tweet about this of my unimpressed face on our account and uh, at runner vi said there was a race which i'm never doing again for various reasons where we were held for a good hour it was hot and we had no idea when we were setting off God. that is awful yeah yeah because you can't even if you're told like a estimated start time you can do things like go to the toilet stand yeah. somewhere else whatever but just leave you waiting for an hour come on Ugh. Um, so yeah, as I said, I was going to do a 145 pace and there was a couple of paces. There was paces, two at the front and two at the back of this pen, which is great. That's so the one we were closest to went off like an absolute fucking rocket. Um, he did the first, uh, what should have been an eight minute mile in about 735. But I did wonder perhaps he was on gun time and was trying to run to that because it was such a quick first mile. And we stayed fairly close to them. Um, but the guy I was running with, Brucker, and his calf went twang at mile three. And it was basically right at the water station. So he just kind of went, my leg's gone twang. I'm going to stop. I was like, ah, ah. And because I was right at the water station, like in the melee of trying to grab a bottle, I didn't really have, I couldn't properly look over my shoulder. And so I ditched him. I thought it's the best thing to do at that point. Obviously, yeah. Uh, it's, what you, it's all you can do. I'm not the SAS. I'm going to leave you behind. Mm -hmm. uh, ditched him. Uh, about a mile later, uh, Simon caught me up and we ran together instead and we overtook the pacer 
and then we overtook the next pacer who started about a minute ahead of us and then we caught up with the next pacer um so this was clearly going very badly in terms of sensible pacing so we backed off a little bit from then and just stayed behind that one so we were behind the pacer but a minute ahead of time which was kind of handy the support on the Cardiff Half, uh, if you don't know, it's absolutely amazing. It's a big plus for anyone who enjoys these kind of big supported road races. There's there's so many people out across the whole barrage. And then from around mile eight all the way to the end, there is a shitload of people. Uh, there's also a lot of gross kids in their suites as well, though. So It's that's not something. COVID safe, is it? <laughs> I, mean, I have in the past, I have high-fived kids because it's kind of cute because you can see they really enjoy it. I like sometimes you high-five a kid and you hear them go, 18, because they're counting the number of people they get high-fives from. That's kind of sweet, but not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> now they're just filthy, dirt-ridden, plague-ridden, like whelps. They are disgusting children. But yeah, um, the support for the race is amazing. If people don't know, the Cardiff Half is the third biggest road race in the UK behind the London Marathon and the Great North Run. And it's got that big, big event feeling to it. I think there's usually around 18,000, 19,000 run it. This one was just under 12,000, which is still pretty big. And this course is really nice as well. Like, I hear the Great North yeah. Run is a pretty, like, crap course in terms of, like, scenery and stuff like that. But yeah, it's never appealed to me. No, but Cardiff Half, you know, there's some industrial estates, of course, but there's lots of really nice things to look at and lots of nice yeah. places that you're running. So, yeah. Yeah, so um, I was doing pretty well. As I said, I was with that pacer. Uh, but my hamstring started to feel a bit tight around mile 10 and mile 11. I just backed off and let Simon go. But apparently he carried on chatting to me over his shoulder for about the next five minutes without realising. I talked to him at the end and he said he was just chatting away to me because I was just behind him for most of it. I feel like in previous years, I would have just like gritted my teeth and ran hard to get the best time I could. I just don't think I've got that anymore, especially over this kind of distance. And especially as it wasn't going to be a PB. Because I think, you know, it did hurt. I could run on it. I could have run fast on it. But I was just like, oh, what is the point? Mm. I just I just couldn't be bothered. Yeah, but I, I found that since doing like ultras and trail stuff, I have no interest in PBs anymore at all for road races. Like no interest. Yeah, it, it's weird. Like I enjoy running fast. And like sometimes I will absolutely kill myself to do a 7.4K hilly trail run through mud. Mm. But when I'm on a road race, I'm like, meh. It's just not my thing anymore. Um, a little contrary to what you just said, actually the last mile of the course is kind of amusingly dismal because it's just this bland, straight terrace street. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, it's got full of roadworks as well. So usually there's a fair bit of support down there. But this year, it was just roadworks all the way down and hardly any support there because really, people just moved down to the end instead. Um, so I, I kind of held on to my pace a little bit. I sped up maybe a little bit around the last corner, but I was very happy, frankly, not to kill myself over the line. And it got pretty warm by that point, too. As I said, in the direct sun, it was quite a warm day. I did enjoy I saw a friend Strava say it was in blistering heat. But if you look at their post on Strava, Strava says it was nine degrees, feels like seven. Um, but to be fair, in the direct sun, yeah, it was quite warm but i think blistering is probably exaggerating it a little bit just a bit <laughs> in march in cardiff yeah so i finished in 144 34 which is surprisingly on target and mostly thanks to getting uh, about a minute ahead of schedule in those first few miles um at the end people are handing out bananas and water and i saw some people having cans of kombucha but i never got one so i wasn't happy about that can't remember if i like kombucha or not but i it's free so i would have had it especially in the blistering heat. Um, afterwards, we went to the pub, uh, mostly to see Bear and Elwood, the Golden Retrievers, and there were some clubmates there too or something. I'm not really sure. Um, overall, it was fine. I mean, if, if you like big events, it's brilliant. It's one of the best you're going to do, I should think. But I think it may well be another four years until I do another, and I'm pretty certain my PB is very, very safe because I cannot be bothered to do that again. Cardiff half entry is open again. They're doing it again in October, if you fancy Amy. I don't know. Like, I always... No, I mean, that means no, clearly. No, but like, I enjoy it when I do it because the atmosphere, like you say, the only reason is because it's a really great atmosphere and there's lots of people and it's really good fun. But at the same time, if it's a half, I'm going to feel like I have to run fast and be out of breath and all those horrible things. So... I don't know, like, it's it's really difficult one. Maybe I'll enter it, maybe I won't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just so disenfranchised with the whole road running thing, especially races. Yeah, especially when they're that expensive. I think what I, I realised, I like running slower and longer, 
or faster and shorter. I enjoy both those things. A fast half marathon is, is just not for me. And the idea, because for me, Cardiff half takes just over two hours. Um, the idea of having to run continuously for two hours just sounds horrendous. Like, I like races where there's a massive steep fuck off hill that you've got to walk up and it just breaks up the running a bit. Like, yeah. I can run. For, I can run for hours and hours and hours, but it's boring if you're just running for hours and hours and hours. You want yeah. a bit of variety, you know? Anyway, on to Patreon, and you can give us money for doing this by going to patreon.com forward slash running as bullshit and signing up to give every month. You can just do it as a one-off as well, which will help us buy tea for our poor cobweb-filled tea cupboards. Ha ha ha, not really. Sign up and then immediately cancel it. Just any every little bit helps. Ding, ding. Amy needs I- a car. Come on, guys. <laughs> I need a car. Yeah, I need a new house. <laughs> Patreon will charge you at the beginning of each month. You can just cancel it whenever you want. We won't take it personally or add your name to our shit list, you know, which will be the next sort of musical endeavour we go on, the shit list. <laughs> All the people that have cancelled their Patreon. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you this person. List. Fuck you that person. <laughs> that does sound fun. Um, I've got loads of songs ready for Amy to record. I've got lyrics, I've got backing tracks ready to go, but she says she's busy. So in the meantime, you'll just have to make do with hearing the names of our Patreon donors. Rachel Bentley, Gordy Thelwell, Karen Blay, Elizabeth Casbon, Sophie Jacks, Liz Reese, Lisa Gibbon, Max McCarty, James Lampert, Debbie Hurley, Kel Ryder, Victoria Dick, Karen Hamilton, Victoria Magnus, Matt Jones Clark Gilmore, Matt Lee's Colin Hill, Ivor Hewitt, David Irwin, Kath Everard, Matt Garner. Maria Wicks, Victoria Dave Sinclair, Julia Page, Jonathan Carter, Ruth Skynd, Adam Pope, Elliot Line, Gabby Thomas Nyer, Jason Spinks, Drew Edwards, Brian Simpson, Amanda E. Hernandez, Penny Simpson. Jones, Claire, Dina, Lem, Martin, Sam, Whaley, Anthony, Howe, Nikki, Genders, Matt, H, Bernadette, McCarthy, Ruth, KP, Amanda, Murray, Hind, Ian, Thompson, Sherry, Grubbs, Charlie, Neverson, Kirk, Shepard, Matthew, Tim, Hughes, Martin, Kathleen, Carl, Fleming, Matt, Newbury, Angela Foster Swales, H. Hugh Phillips, Paul Hibbert, Matt Caffin, Ian Hales, Neil Denton, Chris Whitmore, J. Steph Hall. Oh, so, so amazing as always. Uh, before we get to your messages, we just want to let you know we have four buffs left. I've just found some in the cupboard and we had to order them in batch. So these might be the last ever, unless a shitload of you ask, and then we'll just have to get some more, I guess. Um, basically, just drop us a message on Twitter or Facebook or email or something or come and find me or knock on my door and we'll send you a payment link for £9 so you can spread the bullshit wherever you go. Please do that. Buy some buffs off us. Amy needs a car. <laughs> Don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just search Running is BS and let us know why you particularly hate running this week. Oh, Amy, Amy, Amy. We, we're going to open up with the strangest message we have ever or will ever receive. Is this, is this stranger than the hanky saga we've had? Uh, I think as a one-off, I th- yes. Okay. Okay. Starts off reasonably innocuous. Hey, smiley face. I absolutely love your page and podcast and I found your posts and training tips so inspiring and helping with my running progression. I mean, straight away, 
fairly innocuous, but then training tips are inspiring is a very unusual choice of words. I do sometimes give training tips. I mean, they're not ones That's you true, necessarily yeah. follow. They I just never expected ones. anyone to follow them, yeah. No. Okay, uh, they continue. I'm currently training for a half marathon to raise money for a cancer charity in support of my elderly neighbour, Alan, who was recently diagnosed with cancer. Well, you're a very good person. Thank you very much. They continue. My running friend Hannah and myself love listening to the podcast and we made a bet, a glass of wine or two may have been involved, that whoever ran the slower 5k time at a race last Saturday had to post a four-foot mooning dare. Unfortunately, I was the slowest, so I ended up having to post this to my Instagram story this week. We thought you would find the story amusing and it would make our year if we could get a shout out and one for Alan too. And then, as promised, was a photo of her ass. Now that was a bit of a surprise when I opened the message and that was the first thing I saw because it was a message request as well because I don't think I followed them. So it was like message request from this person. Yeah, sure, I'll look at that. Whoa, it's an ass. Um, I don't know. Does this mean we've made it? People are sending us ass photos now? Yeah, we're getting nudes. <laughs> this is what we've been doing for all these years i mean considering the dare like mooning normally means your bare ass so yeah there was there was pants on the ass i would just like to say thank you that you didn't send us a picture of it all you know yeah that's true yeah it was, it was very artistic it was very instagrammy you know it was it was lovely thank you very much but no more yes, ass pics, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly don't know what to make of it. It's such a strange thing. I, and I don't know whether to give your Instagram handle because I don't want people creeping on you. I mean, not that I, you know, I did follow the account. Nothing weird on there. Nothing else. Everything else is very, very straightforward. <laughs> we, that should be the cover photo for this week's episode. Um, the I'm not, I'm not sure Bobby from uh, iTunes would like that. No, it was a bit risque. But, <laughs> but just... Thanks. I mean, some podcasts get like fan art or fan fiction, things like that. But then I'm not sure if anyone gets asses. I love the juxtaposition as well. Like, it's it's a very it's a great thing you're doing for your um your elderly neighbour Alan. Yeah. And I'm sure Alan, you know, has certain being an elderly neighbour. I'm sure he has like he's quite a bit more conservative. Um, and he just presents his picture an ass as well. So, love it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, please, no more arse pictures. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on from uh, arses, at Shaney Headshot, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, probably not, says, shit food offerings in post-race goodie bags can just fuck off. This was a solitary food item in the bag. No banana, just this tiny morsel. Tasty though it is, just give me a fucking Mars bar. I've just finished a half marathon. I need something more. Thanks. And then the picture is of a, uh, it's a, it's a, a tiny, a ti- like literally the size of the fingernail. It's the, the thumbnail, thumbnail, isn't it, yeah, basically? Yeah, the thumbnail. Literally that size, like a tiny protein ball from the protein ball company. And I'm sure it was delicious, but... You know, you know these things are going to cost like a good two quid in the shop as well. You just know it. You did confirm that was the only one. There was one in that bag. Oh, no. I love a good protein ball. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, a full one of those, yeah, would be really expensive. But just one is just taking the piss. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? Just, I, yeah, a Mars bar. You know what's one of the best things to get in your bag? A pack of crisps, like salty crisps. That's mm. the best thing to get. But I think, I don't know, it's just, you know what? The best bag I've had, and I've said it before, was Swansea half marathon years ago. It was a bag of crisps. There was this weird, like, peanut butter thing. And then there was some, like, pain relief, joint relief tablets in there as well. <laughs> Perfect. And that's, like, everything you need, you know? Everything you need. Yeah. Um, oh, at the weekend, I did get a little Mars bar after my Canicross, so that was good. Mm, nice. And on previous events, we were we had to hang around for ages and ages for them to do the prizes. And um, we went in the goodie bag, like, yes, we've got something in there. There's a there's an energy bar, and there's a little kind of thing of milk. And we looked at them. Oh, they're both for the dog. Oh, oh. Probably, can't, probably shouldn't I, eat those. I mean, you probably could eat them. Probably could, but don't want to. I've drank dog beer before. Don't do that, because it's, uh, it's chicken. Yeah. It's basically chicken broth. So if you if your dog gets a beer for like its birthday, don't don't drink. I'm reasonably it. sure I wouldn't have drunk that to find it out. I think I could have just read the bottle. I I wasn't thinking. I was off my face on dog beer, so I only read it afterwards. <laughs> um, at Eden Cottage says this morning's long run was super awesome. Over two hours of spring flowers, sunshine, and good company. When I got in the shower afterwards, though, two words: arse chafing. Running is such a glamorous hobby. Mm. 
We're getting to that time of year again, those sweaty runs where you just chafe. Everything sweaty. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, we had another message from Jen Danger Harding. And actually, she was supposed to meet us for a dog run a few weeks ago, but got the day wrong and stood us up. So Jen is bullshit. <laughs> but she did post back and say, do you ever want post-race feet photos? I got some good ones from Cardiff Half. And yes, the answer to that is always. We always want those. Yeah. I've just had a horrific thought, though. Post-race arse photos. No, we don't want the arse com- the chafing photos. The combination. No, 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 no. It's going to get our Instagram in trouble if people keep sending us asses. <laughs> so, yeah, I know this doesn't work on a podcast, but she sent us her disgusting feet. I mean, she's, actually, she's not even washed them, is she, by the look of that. <laughs> There's oh, a big blood blister okay. on the on the ball of her foot. Like the sole and the bottom of the toes are yellow. There's some. There's a big blister under that one. The toenails are black and hanging off. There's a big bubble on the side of one of those toenails. Um, she said, I just popped that blister on my toe and my whole bathroom is covered in pus. Crying oh. with laughing emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, I mean, I know Jen well. We run a lot. Jen, coming from a friend, you need to get different shoes. Whatever shoes you've been wearing for the past few years to races aren't working. No one's yeah. feet should look like that. You look like you've been down in the trenches for four years. Yeah. I mean, there, there was that one you sent us. Uh, that, there was that one you sent me um, a while ago of just the worst feet photos I've ever seen from her. Yeah. I don't know how she's still got feet after that. No, it, she she's giving herself trench foot and no one's seen that since 1942. So she needs to like, she needs to sort out her shoes. Yeah. Yeah, she really does. Um, she also said, I also started drafting more Would You Rathers and forgot to send. So here you go. Hashtag, you're welcome. Would you rather run a marathon in a prison cell or around a car park in Newport at 3am? No difference. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, there we go. Leave that there. <laughs> Would you rather win a race, but your clothes fell off at the start or come last, but all your clothing is intact? Come last for sure. No shame in it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've come last in races before. That's fine. But you know what? If... If my clothes fell off at the start and I still ran and finished and won, I guess I wasn't that fussed about mm. my clothes falling off. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't mind either of those. And finally, would you rather run an ultra with Vladimir Putin or Pierce Morgan? Should we just remove all of the previous um, conversation and just leave this bit in? Yeah, yeah. Probably for the best, actually. I just dug myself into a bit of a hole with that one then, trying to justify why I'd, I'd run with Vladimir Putin. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, you've missed all of that conversation, and it's for the best. Right. (laughs) An email from Adam Pope. He says, hi, Amy. So this is an email just to me. Thank you, Adam. He said, I loved your rant about people, and I couldn't agree more. I think everyone should be forced to run or cycle everywhere. No one else seems to have any street sense. I find it particularly irritating when they step off a bus or out of a shop doorway right into your path, and you are forced to dive out the way into oncoming traffic. As for phone zombies, don't get me started. London is a nightmare for this. I must admit to going a step further than you from time to time and actually angling my elbows out slightly when passing people that refuse to move out the way. I never feel that sort of anger in any other area of my life. That said, who knows what is going on in these people's lives to make that so difficult. Maybe they need a good run. Oh, the irony. Keep up the BS, Adam. Uh, we also briefly want to talk about guests. We're aware we haven't had guests for a while. You know, we are trying. Um, that's kind of what you get, I guess, for giving yourself a stupid podcast name. It's definitely cost us a few guests. When you you try and message someone and say, hey, this is the stupid name of our podcast. It's definitely not gimmicky. Well, it kind of is, but not in a shit way. And it, yeah, that's definitely put some people off. You can imagine it isn't on brand for some people. Yeah, we have had that a few times. And one, actually, I was genuinely interested, I will mention, um, I did email the Naturist Foundation because they have a naked 5K. And I imagine they turned down a lot of media, which is understandable. But I was genuinely fascinated. I really do want to hear about people that have run a naked 5K. There's kind of a long history to kind of nudity and kind of activities like this. And I would generally love to find out more about it, but it's so difficult to write that email that makes it sound like you're interested and not just like a weirdo. Yeah, definitely. That's the issue. Like, we are always genuinely interested in what our guests have to say, or else we wouldn't have them on the podcast. But the podcast name does make it sound like we're taking the piss of it. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, any ideas, any uh, good stories uh, you'd like to hear more about, please let us know. Speaking of being a very serious podcast, is the bullshit writing news? <laughs> Not a gimmick at all. <laughs> um, basically, what the fuck has happened to Runner's World? 
Jesus Christ, there's literally no new news story on there for a week. And this is the latest news section on the home page. Um, Amy, I will read each of these and I want oh. you to respond. You can play along at home, respond with news or not news. Okay. Tried and tested. North Face Vective Endurers 2. No, it's an advert. Okay, uh, the game was news or not news, but fine. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. The best carbon running shoes. Not news. The best treadmill sessions for runners. Not news. The optimal pre-run warm-up sequence per research. Ah, it could be news because they've got per research at the end. So, hmm. I'm going to say not news. <laughs> the best running gels and snacks 2022. Not news. Plantar fasciitis, the symptoms to look out for. Not news. Is your sports drink damaging your teeth? Yes, and it's not news. Feeders Grant Nicholas on songwriting on the run. Not news. The best electric razors you can buy now. Not news. <laughs> Not even running related. <laughs> Woman dies after collapsing at the LA Marathon. News. News. Runners are loving this London Marathon throwback. Not news. Can swimming help you lose weight? Oh, fuck off. Not running related. Not news. <laughs> what? That's literally the front page linking to their news section where they had no news for a week. They've had one news story, one singular news story. And it's right at the bottom. It's the bottom row. That should be at the top if it's like, if that's the only news you've got, at least put it at the top. I, I can only imagine they've saved everything for their subscription service. But if you look at like what our subscribers are reading, all of that is not news either. No. no so again, rubbish. we're appealing to our listeners. If you can see any other running news from any other websites, please let us know. Send us some links and we'll get them in and we'll give you a shout out for it. We will love you very much. So Stuart, what have you got coming up next? I've got a sports massage tomorrow, which I desperately need. I, e I emailed them straight after the first Canny Cross race. And I think I might need a bit of a rest now because I'm not sure if I've got a bit of a hamstring strain as well. So that's something to look forward to. Um, I've still got too many busy weekends to do proper long runs. Uh, but I'm still intending to retrace our Penry's pilgrimage, probably solo and, you know, just bang out another 20 mile from nowhere. How hard can it be? Now, unfortunately, I'm going to do it on Easter Sunday. So I realise if I'm doing a, a pilgrimage route on Easter Sunday, there might be some religious people around. You might have to carry mm. like a, a big cross. or You know, a guy at Cardiff Half usually has I, a big I cross. I started in the same pen as the guy with the cross oh, at God. Cardiff Half. There's a guy who carries a cross over his shoulder, but you know what? The cross got a wheel on it. Yeah, not. I don't think Jesus had a wheel on not, his cross. Not period accurate as far as I'm aware. No, no. Uh, there's also, in a couple of weeks, uh, the final uh, race of the Canucks season, and that's at Pembrey in Carmarthenshire. And we're only doing the Monday because that's a beach race, which is 3K. And apparently they had, last time they did it, 200 dogs in a mass start on the beach. And that, that is what I want to do. That sounds horrific. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> that's going to be chaos. <laughs> Anything as exciting as that for you? No. Okay, well, if you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode, the whole back catalogue, as well as the links, blah, 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 major of media. Bye. Bye. <laughs>